Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. All right, we're going to be in Hebrews 11 today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and get there. Uh, Hebrews 11. And as we begin today, I'd like to pray, all right? Father, as I was walking around this morning uh, and talking with people, there's one thing that I sensed, and that is there's some people in this room that need a victory. Father, as I've heard stories about health issues and marriage issues and children issues and financial issues, Father, I know that, that we, we have a need for a victory that we sang about today. Father, I pray today that, that, that what would happen in this room won't be business as usual, that we come and we sit and we hear somebody talk. Father, I pray today that what we would hear is your voice in this place. I pray today, Father, that every ear, every heart, every mind would be attuned to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this place. And so, Father, today I'm asking that you just invade this place in such a way that we cannot resist what you want to say to us. Father, you have a message today for each of us, and I pray that we can hear it and that we can leave this place changed. For I pray this in your Son's most holy name. Amen. Did you enjoy worship today? Amen. Do you believe that God is able today? Okay. Do you believe that God can bring the victory? All right. That's what we're going to talk about today is getting that victory in our life. So I'm a little excited this morning. I haven't preached in four weeks, and so uh, um, take off the seatbelt, okay? (laughs) I don't even want you to have it on today. We're going for it, all right? So we're going to talk about Hebrews 11. I was on an airplane, and I'm reading the Sky Magazine on the airplane, and there is this product there. And this is what it says, that this product is life-changing. I had never thought of this product as life-changing. Let me tell you what the product was. The product was men's underwear. (laughs) Sorry, ladies, you're not going to have any life change. I I just mean to say it. Now, now, I I read about this life-changing underwear. It is is, uh, uh, constructed in such a way that no rough seams will touch your body. They they have woven silver in there somehow so that you're cooler, all right? And and, and I got to tell you, as I read this, I I was just a little bit skeptical. And then I got down to this one fact uh, about this life-changing underwear, okay? It was the price. They wanted you to pay $33 for one set of drawers, the life changes that you're going to the poorhouse, okay, <laughs> because of your underwear. Now, you know, just like I know, there are so many products out there claiming that if you buy it, it will change your life. I want to tell you today about one thing that will change your life. If you've been reading Hebrews and Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, Mary Helen has already told us, don't you love that girl, 23 years old, Amen. She's already told us about all the the life change that was happening in there. And and the life change was happening because of this one thing. In fact, it says that that this one thing will cause God to be pleased with you. It says that, that God commended these people for what? The one thing. 
And, and, and in fact, it, it actually changed how they lived. That one thing is, is told to, uh, what it is in Hebrews eleven six, 6. And this is what it says there. And without faith, okay, that's what we're talking about today. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Would you read that with me, okay? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith in God is life-changing. And if you read Hebrews 11, what you discovered, the life change that it brought. It brought change to their life. It brought change to where they lived. And in fact, it brought change to how some of them died. Faith is life-changing. And it is so important for us to remember that, that God wants us to believe in him. Now, now, you may be asking, what is faith? Well, Hebrews 1.1 gives us a great definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is in confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It is confidence and assurance about something that we cannot see. How do we have that faith? We look and we see what God has done in the past, and then we know what he's going to do in the future. It's not blind faith. It's not just stepping off and not knowing where you're going. You know what God has done in the past, and when you understand that, can I tell you what you need to understand? Is then you know that next step that he wants you to take. It's not just stepping off into nothing. So, so if I was to give you the sermon and the sentence today, it, it is this. You got to have faith to please God. You got to have faith to please God. Can you say that with me? You got to have faith to please God. What we're going to see in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, he tells us that we have to have faith to please God. And then he tells us how to have a growing faith. He tells us how to have a faith that continues to grow. In fact, he gives us three steps. The first of those steps is to believe that God exists. The first step is to believe that God exists. I have people tell me all the time, well, I can't believe because I can't see God. I can't see the wind, but I believe in it because it knocked a tree over in my yard. Now, I can't see electricity, but I believe in it because the lights are on today. There's lots of things that we can't see, so what we have to do is begin to look for the evidence. So I, I want you to, to, to understand the evidence here. The first piece of evidence that I believe that we can look at is creation. Creation. When I consider the earth that we live in, and that you can set your clock by the earth. You, you can see how intricate it is. When I consider the human body and I begin to understand how it works and how intricate it is, I decided a long time ago is that it just didn't happen by some random acts of molecules flying together. I decided that there was an intelligent designer, there was a creator that was behind it. And you, can I tell you what? When you begin to see that, it's pretty amazing. It doesn't just happen, like they say. There wasn't a big bang, and all the molecules flew together and created this. It just doesn't happen. I used to teach a lot of youth conferences, and one of the things that I used to teach was this. Uh, it was a 45-minute a, a class 
on, on creation. And this is how I started the class. I asked for a volunteer, and, and, and there is a sentence that I would put up on, the, on the, the board. And it was, God created the world in six days. Now, I got that volunteer, and, and what I had there was a bag. And what I did with that sentence is I, I cut each letter and each space and each punctuation mark, and I put it in the bag. And I put them off to the side, and I said, this is what I want you to do. There are 34 spaces, 34 characters, and, and one punctuation, all for 34. All those things were right there in that bag. And I said, I want you to start pulling them out randomly to get that sentence. And I said, now, when you get the sentence, just pulling them out randomly, let me know, okay? So they would begin over there, and they'd be doing that, and I would be go on talking. And, and about 10 minutes in, I'd say, hey, have you gotten it yet? And he said, no, I haven't even gotten two letters in a row yet. And now, at about halfway through, I said, have you gotten it yet? I knew he wasn't going to get it because the chances of him getting that are 1 in 10 to the 7th power. <laughs> okay? Now, can I tell you what that is? That's impossible. But when you consider creation and, and, and the millions of things that have to line up just right, it's absolutely impossible to happen. So I know when I think about creation this, it is that there is an intelligent designer and creator. That's an evidence of God for me. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when, when I consider science and all there is. The second one is what I would just simply call reason. I brought a picture up here with me today. There's a friend of mine uh, uh, painted this for me. And, and just imagine for a minute, how many of y'all believe that there was a piece of canvas laying on the ground and paint fell from heaven onto this and made this picture? Anybody in here believe that? I've got some land I want to sell you if that's true, Okay. Absolutely not. Whenever you look at that, reason says this. There is, a, 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 there is an artist behind this. When, when I look at my watch, and, and, uh, and, and I paid $27, I have the finest there is out there, Timex. But, you know, even at that, you know what I know? Is that somebody put those pieces together. That's a piece of evidence. I watched the sunrise or the sunset or a few weeks ago I was in Nepal and I saw the Himalayas. Can I tell you what I knew is that somebody had painted that picture for me and I praise God for that. That's an evidence for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? Okay, so you begin to catch on here. And then the third, the third uh, evidence that there is a God, the, the, the third evidence is this, is experience. Is experience. I just look around and I see God moving and God working in so many different ways. As I talked with some of you this morning, I heard how God was working in your lives. I keep a journal, and I call in my journal, it's God Sightings, how I've seen God work. And that experience really, really helps me to know that there is a God. I, I, I begin to, to look at some things. The fact that I am standing before you today preaching, if you'd have seen my first sermon, I almost caught my hair on fire. It was a candlelight service, and I couldn't read my notes, and the candle was right there. My hair was long, and some lady on the front row, he's going to catch on fire. <laughs> The fact that I'm standing here and I'm able to preach to you today, that, that, that's an experience that tells me there is a God. You guys already know this, the fact that Kathy is my wife. That's a gift from God, okay? Uh, guys like me don't get girls like her, okay? And, and, and so, you know, if I were to begin to go through my life and begin to look at all the experiences, you know what the one thing that would, would be undoubtedly etched into my heart would be is that there is a God. 
and that he has been working in my life in so many different ways. But I get somebody, and they'll always say this to me. They'll say, well, I've never seen God. How can I believe that there is a God? That's like the same person that says to me, well, I don't believe in the Bible. And, and then what do I ask him? Have you ever read the Bible? Well, no. Well, how do you know whether or not you believe in it? So if somebody says to me, well, I don't believe in God, I say, hold on, hold on just a second. Think about this room has, has been everything, everything that you can know in the entire world. How much of it do you know? And this is what they'll begin to say there. Well, I'm, uh, yeah. I say, okay, let's just say you, you know half of everything there is to know. And, and they go, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And I said, no, no, you're much smarter than that. You know three quarters of everything. You know everything from here on over. And they're saying, yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, they're delusional. But <laughs> you know, here they are. They think, okay, that's all that I know. I said, now just think for just a minute. Could God be in that part that you don't know over here? Here's the key. Here's the key. If you don't look for God, you won't find him. And that brings us to the second thing that it tells us in Hebrews 11. It says that we've got to earnestly seek God. Now, first, we've got to believe that he exists. And the second thing that we've got to do is earnestly seek God. That, that means that we look for him, that, 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 that we begin a journey to find him. That means that, that we want to know where he is and what he does. Throughout the Bible, there is this promise that if you seek God, you will find him. In Jeremiah 29, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That promise is re- repeated just about 50 times in the Bible. If you seek, you will find. If you seek, you will find. You see, what what God is saying, if you'll begin to look, you may know all of that, but if you'll begin to look over there, you might just find me. It's not a just might. He says you will find me. Now, this earnestly seeking thing, I I want to kind of explain to you how that works in case you don't know. When Kathy and I were just married, in case you don't know, she wears contacts, and she wears the rigid, hard contacts, okay? And and, and sometimes those things fly out of your eyes. Sometimes they do uh, crazy things. And when we were just married, can I tell you, we were living on love. That means you don't have any money, okay? And she would, she would, uh, she would uh, occasionally lose one of those. It would pop out of her eye. And can I tell you what we did? We earnestly sought that contact because it was over $100 to replace that stinking thing, okay? And so that meant that we were down our hands and knees. That meant that we had flashlights. That meant that we couldn't order our bodies to look under seats in the car. In fact, I even once removed a seat out of a car. Because when you're talking about living on love and having a $100 bill that's going to live, that means you're not going to eat. That means you're not going to drive. And you know what? That's earnestly seeking. And that's what God asks us to do is to earnestly seek him, to to put some energy into it, to to look in that that area that maybe we don't know. And, And here's the promise that he's made throughout. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Did you get that? If you seek me, you will find me. Let me tell you three places I think you've got to begin to seek. Number one is in God's word. Romans 10 and verse 17 says this. It says uh, that, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want faith, if you want to understand who God is, you begin to look in God's word. So the very first place is just simply to open up the Bible and read it. You may say, well, I'm not even sure I believe it. Can I tell you what? You pick it up and you start reading it. What's going to happen is this. 
is that you're going to begin to see God, and there's going to begin to be a faith, and it's going to begin to happen in your life. That's how it works. The second place that I would tell you that you need to be looking for God, that that you need to to understand where he, He is, and that's just simply in your life. In your life. I, I keep a journal and it's in my office and, and, and in it is God's sightings. And I begin to look and see how God is working in my life. And I tell you what, that helps me. The third place is this, is in your community group, in your life group. We talk about that a, a lot around here because we want every single person to be in a group. Why? Because in that group, what you're going to learn, what you're going to hear is you're going to see God. Every time our group gets together, I look forward because I'm going to hear what God is doing. In Luke 15, there are three stories. There are three stories. The first one is of a a woman who loses a coin, and she turns her house upside down. She earnestly seeks, and what does she find? Her coin. The second one is is a a story about a shepherd who loses a sheep. He leaves the 99, and he goes to look for us. He earnestly seeks, and what does he do? He finds it. And then the third one is about a man who lost his son and he's watching and seeking and looking. And what happens? He finds it. This is what I want you to understand. This is what this verse tells us. That if we will earnestly seek, we will be rewarded. If we earnestly seek, we will be rewarded. And that brings us to the third thing. And that's to enjoy the rewards. To enjoy the rewards. Now, i got to tell you, I'm about some rewards. In case you don't know this, Kathy and I love free stuff. I have this credit card. It's called the American Express credit card. And, and, and when we use it, when you spend money, you know what they do? They give me miles. And with those miles, I can fly to San Francisco and see my grandchildren. And my kids, too, but that's, that's another story. I can see my, my grandchildren there, okay? And, and you know what? That's a sweet deal, isn't it? Okay, now, now I know Dave Ramsey says not to use a credit card, but Dave, I pay it off every month. Will you forgive me, okay? Uh, that, that's it. You know, it, 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 it is a reward. I enjoy it. I have this other reward. I have this app on my phone. Every time I go to Chick-fil-A, and I go there a lot, I, I use it. And you know what? I build up points, and what happens? I get free food. It's a sweet deal. I love it, okay? Rewards. And I enjoy those things, and and, and I talk about it. Can I tell you what? We are rewarded when we have faith in God, when we believe that he exists, when we begin to seek him. The, the, The biggest and best reward is this, is that I will spend my eternity with Jesus Christ. I will spend my eternity with Jesus in a place where there is no more pain, where there are no more tears, where there is no more sickness, and we are going to be in his presence and be able to praise him all day long. I am so looking forward to that, okay? I'm just going to tell you, that's the biggest reward. But the, the, the second, there, there are three other rewards I, I just want to tell you about today because I think they're so important. The, the, the first one is peace. Peace. When you begin to seek God, you're going to find out that he loves you. And then you're going to begin, as you begin to seek him, you're going to find out that this God that you're seeking has all power, he has all wisdom, and that he is for you. He, 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 he wants you to be a part of what he is doing and that he is going to, to pay the price. Now, I don't know about you, but, but when I watch the news, when I, when I begin to look at the checkbook, when I, whenever I begin to go to the doctor, there, there's this thing that, it, that, is, that begins to happen to me. I begin to get a little anxious. But then I remember that God is for me 
that God loves me and there's a peace. One of the things that I, I, I get to do is I get to talk with people when somebody dies. And the greatest part of that is I can talk about the peace that they can have that passes understanding because they know that their loved one is with Jesus forever. That's a reward. That's a sweet deal. I love that. The second one is purpose. Purpose for our lives. There are three purposes that people in our world have and, and, and that, they, that, that, that they go after. The first one is they just want to have wealth. They want to have things. They want to have bling. They want to have money. And can I tell you, that, that, that's, that's a wonderful thing, but one day it's all going to be gone. The second thing people go after is they want to be famous. They, 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 want, to have, they, they want to have people like them. They want to be popular. And you, can I tell you what? There's going to be one day when that won't matter anymore. The third thing that people want is pleasure. Pleasure. You know, and, 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 and they're looking for pleasure in every way that you can imagine, and they're finding out that pleasure does not satisfy ultimately. And, and can I tell you what? Uh, that, that purpose just doesn't work. Uh, that, that, that purpose of money, that purpose uh, of, of, of having the wealth, of having the pleasure, of having the fame. And there was one thing that I will tell you. I have a purpose of being a part of what God is doing that will change people's lives for all eternity. And that's a great purpose. I, I know, I know, I know that I'm doing something that, that, is, that is greater than I could ever imagine that I could do with my life because I get to be a part of what God is doing to redeem this world. It's not off to work I go so I can eat and eating so I can work and working so I can eat. It's being a part of what God is doing, and I love that. The third reward is this, power. When we have faith, when we have earnestly sought God, when we believe that he exists, when that faith is in our life, we have the power of God that flows through us. It flows through us. I, I just want you to understand that, that you have the power of God through faith. I have watched people do things. I have watched churches do things that you couldn't imagine. I, I was with Kevin uh, Weldon a couple of weeks ago in Nepal, and I will tell you by faith, that man and his wife are making a difference in that country. And, and, and I believe that great things are going to happen because of that. How does that happen? It doesn't happen by not believing in God. It happens because you trust God. I think about 12, 13 years ago, there were some people here in Milledgeville, and they had faith to, the, to, to put this place on this side of town. And they had faith to go in debt like crazy. And you know what? God has honored that because of their faith. The power of God was released. I'm going to tell you that that reward is available to every single one of us. And I have watched over the years the power of God flow through people who trusted God like nobody else. And I've seen them do things that, that are greater than we could ever imagine. Rewards? Man, it's a sweet deal. Let's go back to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. You got that? We've got to believe that he exists. And at that point, you've looked at the evidence, and then what do you do? You, you begin to earnestly seek him, and then what happens? He rewards those who seek him. Would you read that with me again? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The sermon on the sentence was pretty simple. This is what it said. You got to have faith to please God. You got to have faith to please God. If you go to Hebrews 11... Some people call it the, the, the Faith Hall of Fame. You begin to read names like Noah. He built an ark. Abraham left a country and, and was ready to sacrifice his son. Joseph trusted God. Moses, Rahab, she was a prostitute. And she's commended for her faith. Okay. Gideon, Samuel, David, an adulterer and murderer. And he pleased God because of his faith. Hmm. We sang it earlier today. We sang it earlier today. Worship team, if you want to come on up. We sang about a victory. (laughs) I, I, I love that song because I believe that every single one of us need that victory in our lives. And I want you to understand where the victory comes from. I want you to understand this. When we lack faith, Kevin told us this a couple of weeks ago, when we lack faith, it equals defeat. But when we have faith, what does it do? It brings the victory. And this is what I believe today. I'm just going to tell you what I believe, that there are so many of us in this room that are one step of faith away from victory. When I I say this, I mean, it is just taking that one step. It is trusting God for that next step. Because what happens when you trust that next step is this, is that when you see that God does what he says he's going to do, you'll be ready to take the next step. There's some in this room today whose marriages need to have that step of faith taken. That that step of faith that says, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lay down my desires and we're going, to, we're going to fight for this marriage. We're going to fight to please you, Lord. Some in this room right now that are battling addictions and they need to take that step of faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you to take away that desire and that I would love you more. There, 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 are, there are some in this room right now that I will just tell you that they're up against a financial uh, battle. They, 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 they just say, it is absolutely impossible, but what it's going to take is that step of faith. Because you see, that one step, when you begin to take it, you know what happens? You begin to please God. And at that point, you know what he does? He begins to reward you. And when you get that reward, you know what you want to do? You want to honor and you want to praise him. You want to get excited about what he is doing. And so today, what I'm just simply calling you to today is to take one step. It's just to trust God for that next thing, something that maybe he said for you to obey. For some of you all, you need to take that step and get up here in the baptistry and to say, I'm going to obey him in that. For some of you, it might be that step of saying, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to speak to my neighbor about Jesus Christ. And you're going to do that and God's going to give you the words and you're going to see that person come to Jesus Christ and you are going to get excited about who God is because you've seen him work in your lives. time that's happening if you just take a peek at your heavenly father you're going to realize that you're pleasing him you're going to see that smile you're going to see him bow up with pride because you have trusted him simple step 
So I'm calling you to one step today. And I'm going to tell you what that one step is about. It is about the victory that will begin to happen in your life. That's the reward. We're going to sing about that victory. Come on up, worship team. Let's get ready to go here. This is, this is what I'm asking you today. Will you take that step? Will you take that step that will bring the victory into your life? And I'm going to tell you what needs to happen is whenever we start singing the song, you need to take that step immediately because if you wait, you'll hold on and you will not do it. So I'm calling you today to stand up, to stand up and take a step. You can't stand, you can't take a step sitting on the hineys here, okay? I'm just telling you that. But what we want to see today is the victory happen victory happen because we trusted God let's sing let's step let's honor him thanks for listening to this message you can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app if you have any questions about Northridge you can contact us at info at northridge.online